And we're going to look in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and 2. And we're going to read some probably pretty familiar scriptures. But I'm kind of feeling like the church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, needs to go back to some fundamentals again. Uh, like Brother Jerry sang about, well, I hope I can sing like that when I'm 90-some years old. I, well, oh, no, 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 that's not. A hundred. Oh. How old, really? Eighty-three. I hope I can keep going till then. Wasn't that awesome? And, and Charlotte, I don't know anybody sings that song better than that. I tell you, that just blows me away. And... Uh, we have a lot to be thankful for, is what I'm trying to say. Let's go back to the fundamentals of Christianity. That God, our God forgives, he saves for eternity, and we have a home in heaven that nobody can take away from us. And that gives a peace that passes all understanding. And people want that peace, and I want to share it with them. That they can have peace. No matter who is uh, in charge in the White House or no matter who is in charge in the church house, Jesus can be in charge of your life. No matter. Jesus can be in charge of your life. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says that we can be sealed. Does somebody know what it means to be sealed? In the, in the scripture, uh, there's some illustrations and things in the scripture about being sealed. The king gave an order. They had wax they poured on there and he sealed it. All right. And that was directly from the king and nobody could alter it. Because if the seal was broken, they would know that somebody had altered it. Did you know that in uh, archaeological uh, digs right now in Israel, they're finding some of those uh, seals from ancient kings of Israel? They've even found some with David's stamp on it. And uh, that's pretty amazing to me. They dig in the dirt and find real physical evidence you can hold in your hand that says the Bible was true. Well, when the king sealed it, it was done, you know? And nobody could alter it. You see, you cannot break the seal of Almighty God. And the seal is like, it's illustrated like this. For instead of wax... Pour the blood of Jesus, seal it with the king's seal, and there is no force in the universe that can break that seal. That ought to give somebody some peace. I mean, somebody ought to be happy that you've got the king's seal on your heart. I am. It's all, that's what I'm counting on. Another thing the Bible talks about when it comes to seals is it's, it says in the Bible that God had puts his seal on his chosen people. Now, I can't see anything on me, you know, but evidently the angels can see it. Evidently the Holy Spirit can see it. Evidently Jesus can see it. And the Bible says that in the end, in the very end times, he will see the seal of his children in their forehead and they will be rescued in Jesus' name. And so I don't know, that's spiritual, isn't it, rather than physical seal. And the, 
spiritual seal is real. And the thing is, when Satan comes around your life, and that happens, now let me explain that. Satan is one entity, one being. He was a very powerful angel. He was like Michael or Gabriel. He was that powerful. And he was cast out of heaven, but he is only one. He cannot be in multiple places in multiple at the same time. He's not omnipresent. He can't do that. So he works in real strongholds of power and really to have major influence. Did you know that he is the prince of the power of the air here on earth and that this is his dominion until Jesus comes and conquers him and rules the earth? Did you know that? This is his dominion. And that means he has a lot of power. But he has all these other lower angels that were cast out. And they also go around in mostly influencing people to do bad things. Mostly getting people off track with God. You know, Satan will leave you alone if you're doing nothing for Jesus. He'll come after you if you're making a difference for Jesus. And if your spirit can recognize it, it's called the gift of discernment. If your spirit can recognize it for what it is, then you can command the devil to flee in Jesus' name, and he must flee. Now, the seals, there's other seals in the Bible called seals of prophecy, and that's found in Revelation. And that is, what does the future hold? God wrote it, and it's a warning to us. It says this is going to happen, and he wrote it, and then he sealed it, right? And it's never been opened, so we don't fully understand it. He, we have clues because John got to peek at it and write down a little synopsis or the cliff notes, if you will, and they call that the book of Revelation. But the seal of all the details of what's going to happen in the future is sealed until Jesus comes and rescues all of those that are sealed by him and breaks the seals of judgment so that the world is it's revealed to the world what's about to happen. Now, this sounds like some sci-fi movie. In fact, I'd love to make a movie about this. But it's real. It's going to happen. It's real. The seal of the blood of Jesus can be placed on your heart, and there is not a human being, there's not a demon, there's not a government, there is nobody, no thing ever that can break that seal because it's the blood of Jesus Christ. There's a seal that can be placed on your future that God knows. Nobody can change that. Nobody can change it except your free will. That's, man, Lord, why did you give me that free will? Lord, why did you give me a choice? Why didn't you only make one path? Lord, why did you allow these people to come into my life to get me into things I shouldn't be into? You know, so I can go on about why, 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 and you know what God's going to come back at? He's going to say, I didn't do all that. You have free will. I have a path that's predestined for your life. It's up to you to choose it. It's not the same as the seal of the king. It is optional, and it's up to you. And this is what 
is hard for us to understand. How can an all-knowing God give us options? Well, he does. And when we get to heaven, maybe we'll understand how his mind operates. Maybe. But I know one thing. My God is real. He's in my soul. My God is real. He lives in my heart. My God is real. He sent his son to pour his blood out to seal my eternal fate if I will follow him. Jesus Christ is the only way. We need to go back to the fundamentals. The fundamentals of the good news. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, Jesus will forgive you. He will allow you to change, follow him, and he'll take you to heaven. Well, what if I can't? What if I'm not good enough? What if I still mess up? Don't let that stop you because the Lord will help you. He'll help you grow in Christ. He'll help you grow in favor. He'll help you grow through his grace. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, he says, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed with the Holy Spirit that was promised to you. In other words, you heard the word. You believed in salvation. And you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. The promise that God has given each and every one of us. You're not the same as you were. I was saved as a small child. I'm not the same as I would have been if I had not grown up in Jesus you might have been saved as an adult. Your life is different than it was before you were saved. It's real. It changes you. You still slip, maybe, and do things wrong. We all do. But our goal now is to please our Savior. You see, the world doesn't believe salvation is real. They don't believe heaven is real. The world doesn't believe that eternal life is real. They believe that they're going to die and decay and rot in the ground, and that's all there is. So they might as well eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow they shall die. That's what the world believes. That's why the world cannot relate to us when we talk about the things of eternity. You know, I, I, it's an old gospel song we used to sing a long time ago. In the, the first line of that verse, I'll, I'll never forget it. It says, I've been planning on leaving since the first day I arrived. And I like that because it means our ultimate goal is heaven. And we're going there not because we're so good that we can attain our goal, but because Jesus already attained the goal for us and he sealed our place in heaven. And that seal is not about our free will. We already made our choice. That seal is about His will for us, His children. We are going to heaven. And we don't have to walk around with our chest out. We're walking around praising God for it. We're humble in His eyes. you got to believe. Believe salvation is real. Believe that you need it. Believe that you can receive it. 
Believe that God will seal you with his Holy Spirit, the promise that he gives to all who will trust him. And then it goes on to say, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased uh, possession unto the praise of his glory. Now, I don't, haven't heard very many sermons on that verse right there, and I don't know if you have, but you're fixing to. That's a southern word, by the way. You're fixing to. Have you ever sold a piece of property and they put down $1,000 earnest money or $10 or whatever, $10,000 earnest money, whatever it is, right? And what does that mean? What does earnest mean? It means I'm putting up this money to buy your house. I'm going to put up $1,000, and then when I get the bank financing, then I'll, you know, but if I back out, I lose my $1,000, you know, if I back out, this, the, the reason is it shows how earnest I am. Earnest means I really, really mean it. I really, really mean it. And so if you really, really mean it, you can be saved. But here's what he's saying. He's saying when you get saved, you feel the Spirit. How many can say, when I got saved, I felt it? When I got saved, I felt the Lord into my heart. When I got saved, I knew I got saved. Amen. That is the earnest of the Spirit. That is the deposit that He made into your heart right then that day so that you would know that Jesus Christ had just come into your life. And He says, I am never taking that back. I really, really mean it. God says to you and you and you and you, I want to save you because you asked me and I really, really mean it. Here's my spirit. It is a deposit and later you're going to inherit all the riches of glory and joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now see, one of these days, and this is what the devil hates, one of these days his arch enemy... Jesus Christ is going to build his eternal kingdom here on earth. This is what we need people to understand. Earth is going to be heaven. Earth is going to be heaven. And only, Jesus said, the meek, the, the ones that care for other people, the ones that follow me. He, he said it in a lot of different ways in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, these people that follow me, they care about others. They want to see others come to God. These are the people that are going to live here forever. These are the people that are going to inherit the earth. These are the people that I have deposited my spirit into their heart. And I will not withdraw my deposit. It is earnest because I, God, have sealed them with my blood. I have sealed them with my spirit. I will never leave them or forsake them. They are mine. And this is what people don't get because we, should, we shouldn't expect them to get it because they need to get saved. They need to get saved and they're waiting on you to tell them how. Or to bring them to church or share Christ with them somehow. People need the Lord so bad they're running around burning down cities, tearing up each other's lives. I mean the highest level to the lowest level as far as income or wealth need Jesus. Every walk of life, every skin color, every lifestyle, every background, it doesn't matter. What matters is they need Jesus. 
So he says this, I'm going to put my spirit in you and seal it because that's the promise. It is the promise I make to you. And that is earnest money that says you're going to get your inheritance. And your inheritance is you're going to possess the kingdom with Jesus Christ. And the kingdom is the recreated heaven on earth. And wherefore I also, he says, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, in love unto all the saints, I do not stop giving thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Okay, so let's talk about the word spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of God, the invisible part of God. It is God. God is the invisible God. But he can become visible. He can sit on a throne, and people can see the Ancient of Days in the throne room in a vision. He can become manifest in the flesh and become Savior Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit of God, that's one definition of the Spirit. Another definition of the spirit is your mind, your consciousness, your personality, your character, your way of thinking. That is your spirit. Okay? When your body dies, your spirit does not die. Your soul is who you are. Your soul is your being. That's an eternal being that lives in this body and has a spirit. And when you die, your soul and your spirit go to heaven and will be eventually given a new body. All right? So when you draw your last breath, your spirit and your soul are still connected and they go to heaven to be with the Lord. And the Bible says it. It is in the Bible several places. And here's some examples. When the the Lazarus, the man that was the beggar at the gate, he loved the Lord and he had God in his heart. When he died, the Bible says the angels bore him away right then that day to paradise, to heaven, to Abraham's bosom. Whatever name you want to give it, it's the same place. Here's what my daddy always says. Where Jesus is, is where heaven is. Quit trying to complicate all this stuff. He told the guy on the cross, the thief, he said, today you will be with me. In paradise. Well, they took that thief and they buried his body, so he could have been talking about his body. He had to be talking about his soul and his spirit. Paul said, For the Christian, it is to be absent from the and present with the. That's heaven. I don't know if I had to draw you a map. You know, I've been trying Google, take me to heaven. (laughs) Redirect, redirect. There is nobody that knows exactly where heaven is, but we know how to get there. Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by following me. He said, I am the way. He said, the truth you know and the way you know, I am the way. If you know Jesus, you know the way to heaven. And you don't have to think it out. You don't have to map it out. You don't have to be able to give directions because when your body dies, your brain 
your mind, your consciousness, and your soul, however you want to say it, is going to be there. And you stand before the Lord and he doesn't say, well, you did this right and you did this wrong. And you did this right and you did this wrong. If the wrong outweighs the right, you're going down. Yeah, that's just stupid stuff from people. The Bible never says that. The Bible says that he's not going to have to search through, your, through his book to see if you're in it. The Bible doesn't say that he's going to have to go back and ask your preacher whether you got saved or not. The Bible says he knows your name. You're full of his spirit. You're sealed by his blood. He is building you a house not made with hands. And when you draw your last breath, you're going to wake up and he's going to say, come on in. This is what we do at church. This is why we come to church. This is why the devil doesn't want people going to church. I'm telling you, I can already see it coming. Some doctor on TV, given all kinds of authority, is going to start saying, well, even though you had the vaccine, you still shouldn't go to church. Even though you have it and you have all the antibodies and you can't get it, you might still get it. Don't go to church. I can just see it. In the next few weeks, you're going to hear them all over the world say, well, now, you can go back to the strip clubs. You can go back to the bars. I say, well, I don't want to go there anyway. I want to go to church. Oh, you better not go to church. I promise you, it ain't over. And we cannot let the devil shut down our churches. It doesn't matter what the reason. Everybody's got to be careful. If masks help, then we should wear them. If vaccines work, I have no problem taking it. I'm a little leery of it myself. But I'm not going to slam it. I might end up taking it. I don't know. Should I, as the preacher, stand up here and dictate to you what you do? No. That's not my job. Because he said right here, we just read it, that his spirit will give you wisdom. His spirit will give you knowledge. His spirit will give you discernment. How many know that the same spirit that lives in you is the one that lives in me too? Do you think he's going to tell us, you're supposed to, my children are supposed to go to the left, and then over here say, my children are supposed to go to the right? No, he's going to say, my children are supposed to follow me. The same spirit. One of the problems is our mind Strives with the Holy Spirit. Our spirit versus the Spirit of God. That is, you are never going to get over that. i got to tell you young people, I'd like to say, oh yeah, about the time you hit 40, about the time you hit 50, all of a sudden, your spirit will just kind of fade out. God's Spirit will take over everything in your life. Wrong. When you get to be 60, you're still going to be struggling your will against God's will. When you get to be 70, you're still going to get your will against God's will. I promise you one thing. You may not think old people sin, but old people are, have a whole lot of practice at it. 
And we need Jesus. Amen? The Holy Spirit will never leave you. Will never forsake you. It's the only thing you can count on in this world. And you're sealed by the blood of Jesus. We need to get back to the fundamentals. And tell people there's only one thing you can count on forever. And that's Jesus Christ. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's alive. Verse 22, the Bible says, all the problems of the world, all the creation, all the everything is under the feet of Jesus. He is above it all. And I am so thankful. I'm so thankful that he's not going to leave me behind. And he holds on to me. And I don't have to hold on to him at my own strength. I'm not strong enough. How about you? If you drew your last breath, would he be there to take you to your eternal home? Let's pray.